This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, this is a very somber occasion. Uh, It is the National Day of Mourning for Lives Lost Due to Workplace Incidents and Occupational Disease, and a ceremony was held this afternoon at the Fluvarium in St. John's to honour those lives lost. According to Workplace NL, 18 people lost their lives last year due to their work. Just imagine, 18. Three from fatal incidents, 15 from occupational illnesses. 140 workers in Newfoundland and Labrador have lost their lives over the last five years, which is another very sobering statistic. My guest today is the Director of Prevention Services with Workplace NL, Charles Cody. Hello. Hi, good afternoon, Linda. How are you doing? I'm good. Those are some pretty sobering statistics. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite concerning uh, on many levels, Linda. I know this is a very diff- difficult and somber day for all workers and their families throughout the province, our country, and also around the world. Um, you know, there's over 100 countries uh, today that are marking uh, this day of mourning. Uh, in many countries, it's called the Workers' Remembrance Day. So on behalf of uh, Workplace and Ellen and all of our teams here, uh, we offer sincere condolences to all of the families, their co-workers and employers uh, who are forever impacted by such tragic loss in the workplace. Absolutely. Nobody expects when they get up in the morning, the alarm clock goes off and uh, they go in for their shift. Nobody expects that, uh, you know, that's going to be the end, that this no. is, you know, you're just doing your job. It's, uh, it's, it's very concerning on, on many levels, and you uh, referenced there at the top uh, some of the uh, statistics in this area. And, you know, provincially, when we look at 2021, we actually had uh, 18 work-related uh, fatality claims, three of which were the result of a tragic accident in the workplace. Uh, 15 were due to occupational disease. Um, even if you look at the fatality rate in Newfoundland and Labrador, we're about 60% higher than the Canadian average. And there's principal reasons behind that. Uh, we have a, a very, um, I guess, troubled history when it comes to some exposures uh, at some of our uh, older mine sites, uh, dating right back to the 30s, uh, namely in St. Lawrence and also the uh, in Bay Verse. And of course, a lot of those exposures happened when safety standards were very, very different uh, than they are today. And unfortunately, uh, later in life, a, a lot of uh, those workers, um, you know, uh, stemming from those exposures end up developing some illness and disease. On the occupational injury side, uh, even if you look at all workplace injuries in Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, about 12 workers are injured every single day in our province. Um, And just to kind of put that in perspective for you, uh, when I started my career almost 30 years ago, uh, we were actually injuring 53 workers every day. So there's been lots of improvements in this area, but the work is not done. Uh, There's many, many challenges before us in the landscape of occupational and safety and making workplaces safer and making, uh, you know, all of our workers, uh, you know, more healthy as well and not being exposed to uh, any of these harmful 
situations and chemicals that, that can cause illness. I want to probe into some of those statistics now in a, in a few minutes, but if we could backtrack just for a moment and, and maybe you can give us an, an idea of what Workplace NL does. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, Workplace NL, uh, you know, formerly uh, known as the Workplace Health, Safety and Compensation Commission, um, was created in 1951. It's the workers' compensation uh, system for Newfoundland and Labrador. Every uh, province in Canada and every territory has a workers' compensation system. And really the system was born uh, from the perspective that um, there would be collective liability that all employers in the province, uh, you know, depending on your your form of work, uh, would basically um, uh, pay in uh, pay an insurance premium uh, to protect their workers from any occupational illness, disease, or, or workplace tragedy. And, and basically, Workplace NL today, uh, we serve uh, about 17,000, a little over 17,000 employers, about 13,000 uh, injured workers in the run of a year. Not all of those individuals are, are new uh, claimants. Uh, some of those folks have been with us for a very, very long time, 30, 40 years. Um, but we provide uh, all of the services if you are injured uh, to try to get you back to pre-injury uh, in a safe uh, and responsible way. And today we also have a mandate, uh, you know, since 1998 uh, for occupational health and safety education. So in our province, um, there's two agencies. We have OSH Enforcement, which resides with the Department of Digital Government Service and L, and the OSH Education and Awareness component actually lies with Workplace and L. And that's a mandate that uh, we treat very, very seriously. We do a lot of work in this space, and we we firmly believe that education and training when it comes to occupational health and safety is uh, critically important for us to create a stronger safety culture in our province. And what specifically is your role there? Your director of prevention services, what does that mean? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm chiefly responsible for the occupational health and safety education and, and awareness component of the organization. So uh, we have a very dedicated team of 37 health and safety practitioners that work with employers on a on a day to day basis and with workers. Uh, we regulate all of the safety certification training in the province. We do all kinds of educational activities like workshops, webinars, presentations. Uh, safety symposiums. Uh, we do audits of, of workplace to make sure that uh, they meet the occupational and safety legislation and, and comply with the legislation in the province. So we get to see a, a vast array of, of different workplaces. Uh, even today, we have 35,000 different workplaces in the province, and, and sometimes that's a, that's a very uh, staggering statistic as well because there's such a variety of hazards in workplaces so uh, so our team gets gets to work with a lot of those folks on a day-to-day -day basis my guest today on on target is director of prevention services with workplace nl charles cody this is the national day of mourning for lives lost due to workplace incidents and occupational disease we'll be back right after this join us for on target one hour in which linda swain examines topics that mean the most to you on target weekday afternoons at one on your vocm 
And we're back. My guest today on On Target is Director of Prevention Services with Workplace NL, Charles Cody. This is the National Day of Mourning for Lives Lost Due to Workplace Incidents and Occupational Disease. And uh, Charles, you gave out a few uh, statistics there. How are we doing in recent years? Are numbers increasing? Are they stable, decreasing? Yeah, in terms of the uh, current state of occupational health and safety in workplaces uh, throughout the province, you know, if you look at this over even the last uh, 25 years, you know, the quarter century kind of perspective, we've seen a lot of improvements in, in many, many areas of safety. If I was to look at, you know, everything from, you know, fall from heights to back injuries, head injuries, eye injuries, hand injuries, all of those major areas, even fatalities and and, and soft tissue injury, we've seen uh, nice declines over that 25-year time horizon. During that same period of time, uh, obviously workplaces are not static and the hazards that exist in workplaces are not static. Uh, We've actually seen uh, lots of uh, challenges in other uh, areas, including workplace violence in terms of serious injury, uh, slips, trips and falls. uh, You know, uh, in the safety world, we look at those as as somewhat of a a minor injury. However, uh, in Newfoundland and Labrador, obviously, we, we deal with all kinds of changing environmental conditions throughout the year. And uh, even if you look at series injury, about 76% of all of our series injury actually comes from slips, trips, and falls. Uh, hearing loss is another uh, major issue for us. Uh, we've had uh, lots of exposures in the past with uh, very noisy environments, uh, particularly in fish harvesting uh, aboard some of the uh, vessels that go to sea. Um, so when you look at all of those uh, types of hazards, uh, we're actually seeing increases uh, around workplace violence and serious injuries and slips, trips and falls and hearing loss. So, so again, uh, the work is not done, uh, even in the areas where we're seeing some really, really big improvements, uh, like eye injuries, for example. I believe we're down about 87% in terms of eye injuries over that time. When I started my career, it was very difficult to uh, even contemplate, uh, I guess, some of the personal protection of equipment that you would even use in a workplace to do a particular task. And today, uh, you know, eye protection, hearing protection, you know, head protection uh, is very, very common. Even the use of, of high-vis in workplaces today is, is so much higher. So, so again, there's been lots of, lots of great gains. You know, kudos to all of the safety partners out there, all the employers and workers in workplaces that are, are doing yeoman service to try to make sure that we protect workers. But, again, the, the work is not done. We have some new hazards that are very, very troubling, uh, even on the mental health side, uh, being exposed to trauma. Uh, The world of of occupational safety still has lots of challenges in front of us. Indeed, and the injuries that, uh, you know, we're becoming more and more aware of these days are often the ones that are not immediately noticeable, if you know what I'm saying. Um, Used to be one time, you know, if you fell and got hurt, that was one thing. It's a whole other thing if you've witnessed trauma or repeated trauma on the job site, and that's having its injuries, um, you know, cumulatively on you, you know? Yeah, certainly is. And of course, our first responders uh, deal with trauma almost on a day basis you know if you're a paramedic or a firefighter or a police officer 
you're, you're dealing with uh, some significant trauma. You see it also in our healthcare industry. Uh, there's lots of violence uh, that, that percolates in, in our healthcare industries. Uh, so from that perspective, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, we got to kind of change the perspective on physical injury and also make sure that we look at the psychological health and safety uh, protection of workers. And, and that's vitally important. And Workplace and has been doing a lot of work in this space since 2015. Uh, Canada was the very first country in the world to actually launch a, a CSA standard for psychological health and safety systems in, in workplaces. And that's something that we've been helping employers and workers implement in our workplaces in Newfoundland and Labrador. But again, this is going to be a, a generational piece of work because uh, psychological health and safety systems uh, and trying to protect workers from trauma, whether it's through harassment or or something very much significant, uh, you know, with a first responder, for example, it, it takes a lot of work. Uh, it takes a lot of due diligence, and we got to make sure that we continue to our efforts to advance these safety systems in workplaces in order to protect workers from any kind of psychological health and safety hazards. I, I was thinking as you were talking, you know, the, uh, I could immediately think of people within my own circle um, who have been severely injured in slips, trips and falls, uh, other people who have suffered hearing loss as a result, a direct result of their job, it, immediately coming to mind. So, you know, these, these things are happening all the time. And when you're talking about psychological safety systems and, and, and mental health exposures, um, particularly when it comes to um, uh, mental health injuries, these things take time. They're not always immediately. Sometimes they're immediately apparent. Other times they're not immediately apparent. So how do you uh, deal with those injuries, including occupational disease, that may not manifest for years to come? Yeah, and uh, in many ways, you know, you hit on a really, really great point, Linda. It's sometimes it's, um, you know, for me, it's all about injury and illness prevention. So one of the things that uh, that we look at uh, on a day-to-day basis is trying to change the mindset that safety is just not all about physical safety, which, again, is, is very firmly rooted in, in a lot of history. But we also got to make sure that we're balancing the well-being of that individual that our workplaces are respectful, they're free of harassment, they're free of, of trauma. If trauma does exist in our workplaces, like for a first responder, then we have to have ways to be able to try to assist and support that worker, to be able to control the trauma as much as possible, whether that's through good peer support, you know, incident debriefings, all of those uh, great uh, programs that are out there. But again, you're you're absolutely right. It's not all about uh, trying to look at all of the physical hazards that cause injury. Uh, today's occupational health and safety is very, very different. We, we've got to be able to try to balance both the psychological health and safety hazards with the physical and make sure that we're looking at the total worker health perspective in workplaces. And when an incident do happen, and uh, some exposures, for example, uh, if I was exposed to a hazard, um, you know, I might show up for my next shift. I may not exhibit any signs or symptoms. And then six months later, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having some really great uh, difficulty with the trauma that I've experienced. 
somebody else might have a very completely different reaction. It could be very immediate, and all of a sudden uh, you could be on the road to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, or any kind of uh, depressive state. And and again, it's it's really understanding the dynamics of some of those hazards and the impacts on people, uh, and to make sure that we're looking at the, the total worker community and just not you know a reaction of one or two individuals. We've got to make sure that we have a, a good understanding of this trauma, and we also got to understand that these exposures can display itself in in many many different ways in the future. I want to talk to you a little bit about COVID and how that has uh, impacted workplaces and workplace safety. Uh, When we come back after the break, my guest today on On Target is Director of Prevention Services with Workplace NL, Charles Cody. We'll be back right after this. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM. My guest today is Director of Prevention Services with Workplace NL, Charles Cody. And uh, this is the National Day of Mourning for Lives Lost Due to Workplace Incidents and Occupational Illness. And um, it strikes me, you know, the last couple of years have been so strange. We've all been feeling it. COVID uh, has forced a lot of people to work from home, and I'm sure there's been concerns about people um, who have sort of disappeared from the workplace, if you know what I'm saying. They're still there doing their jobs, but the, you know, the that face-to-face interaction is gone, and um, there's been a lot of frontline workers, of course, essential services like grocery store workers, gas station attendants, healthcare workers, of course, and others who still had to go in and face, because at first, we all recall, uh, COVID was so frightening, so scary, nobody knew where it was, how you could get it. Uh, you know, how to properly prevent against it, you know, even though it was continually changing. So, you know, were, do you have concerns down the line or, or immediately about people who had to go into the workplace and work and face the public every day? Yeah, there's there's lots of those concerns, uh, Linda. And and really, when I look uh, back, and of course we're still living through the through the pandemic uh, in 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 waves. But if I was to look back at the last you know two and a half years or so, uh, I've actually seen uh, you know some really good positive things come come out of uh, I guess the attention around occupational health and safety as it relates to COVID. And in in some workplaces, uh, what we've actually seen is there's more focused uh, attention on performing risk assessments, for example, in workplaces. How do I assess the risk of, of my, my team getting exposed to COVID or any other occupational illness or, or toxin? There's been a renewed focus on personal protective equipment. You know, there's people uh, that I interact with today that we talk about respirators and N95 masks and face shields. I wouldn't have had those conversations, you know, two years ago. So now all of a sudden I've got, uh, you know, a much more higher level of education in workplaces when it comes to just personal protective equipment. Even when I look at, uh, you know, uh, talking about occupational exposures and education around occupational exposures. Uh, I did find, especially early in the pandemic, that a lot of people were just uh, ferocious in in trying to learn about the virus and its impact on my workplace and and my family. Uh, There was a whole new new attention around safe operating procedures, safe work practices, emergency response and response planning. You know, all uh, workplaces were doing 
doing, uh, you know, safe reopening plans. Then they were being shuttered. Then they were doing a safe reopening plan yet again. Uh, so it generated a lot of safety conversation. And uh, I always say in, in my world or in my business, anytime we have a good safety conversation, I know that I'm doing injury prevention and illness prevention, and hopefully I can prevent, you know, exposures in the workplace. So we did see for the last two years uh, lower injury rates uh, due to a lot of the positive impacts of COVID. On the challenging side of that equation, there was lots of highlights in terms of deficiencies that we did find in workplaces, in particular emergency response. So uh, when I look at an emergency response plan uh, for a workplace, in some workplaces those plans did not exist. Uh, even if you were to ask the employer, did you ever you know, forecast that you know, your team or, or your workplace would go through a, a, a pandemic, most people would not have planned for that kind of event. There was lack of PPE, and, and you probably uh, remember in the early days that the N95s were being reserved for healthcare professionals, and of course, workplaces then were left to try to figure out, you know, the level of protection for for workers. There was lack of training, especially around uh, exposures and trying to mitigate exposures around sanitation, uh, safe work practices. Uh, you know, we did see a a higher level of general anxiety and mental health disorders. We still see it today. Um, and in many ways, you know, I deal with my counterparts across the country and everybody has come to the very same conclusion that, you know, we are far out of of, of dealing with some of the, um, the the trauma that came from, from the pandemic. And we've also seen higher levels of workplace violence uh, over the last two years as well. So, so again, there's been uh, lots of good conversations uh, about occupational safety in workplaces. There, there's some positives, but again, there, there's lots of challenges here before us as well as we kind of move through, uh, you know, successive waves of this pandemic. Workplace violence. So, you know, when you think about workplace violence, or at least when I think about workplace violence, there's a couple of occupations that come immediately to mind. And uh, people in the healthcare uh, setting, of course, comes immediately to mind. You have a patient who is irate or upset or a family member. And, uh, and you know, things can happen. And from time to time, you know, the news covers those kinds of stories, a disturbance at a, at a healthcare center or something like that. But I think I'm thinking, too, in terms of, you know, gas station attendants and, and and uh, convenience store clerks and those kinds of things. Uh, people who face really frightening situations might not be trained for it. Uh, maybe even working a part-time job. You know, what kind of protections are in place for people like that? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course, in, in the healthcare industry, uh, about 76% of all of the violence that we see in the province occurs in, in that particular industry. So, uh, you know, whether uh, I'm a nurse or an LPN or a personal care attendant and I'm transferring a patient, um, you know, and all of a sudden uh, there's an incident of violence, um, you know, that particular industry for the last decade or so have been and trying to develop and implement, you know, effective ways to try to mitigate that that risk. 
But to your point, when you deal with grocery stores and convenience stores and just a, a very higher, a much higher level of anxiety, you know, due to the pandemic, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, all of us have seen the news clips where people are irate that they have to actually wear a mask into a grocery store or possibly into a hardware store. And uh, generally, that's not areas where you would see high levels of violence. Um, and of course, during the pandemic, we, we did see that. Um, and of course, um, one of the very first things that we did uh, in the spring of 2020, uh, we put off a whole series of webinars for employers. Uh, we did a lot of outreach, especially to the service industry, uh, to try to mitigate and try to escalate you know, the level of knowledge around preventing workplace violence in those environments where, where generally it, w- it was not uh, you know, entirely uh, dominant you know, prior to the pandemic. So uh, there's still lots of gaps. Uh, we are still, it's a still a work in progress, um, but hopefully over, over time, um, most of those workers can, can avail of some of the protections that have been put in place for uh, workers in those environments. It used to be one time, uh, you know, if a, if a store was held up, uh, it was a very rare occasion. Now, sometimes we see a numerous um, situations in the course of a week or a month. Um, and it must be very traumatizing for somebody who's just working a shift, you know, stocking shelves and those kinds of things to suddenly have a weapon pointed in your face, whether it's real or not, it has the same impact. Um, are those kinds of situations becoming more common or are you seeing those crossing your desk a little more frequently now? And, and how do you deal with those? Yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of that uh, type of violence, um, you know, uh, we do work uh, fairly closely with, with the RNC and also the RCMP in the province to to do uh, greater levels of surveillance around the types of workplace violence. I know Occupational Health and Safety Division as well gets called in to investigate any serious incident that, that involves, uh, you know, the worker that, that may have incurred a serious injury, for example. Um, Generally, over the course of the pandemic, uh, it's been relatively stable, uh, you know, in that type of violence. What we are generally seeing now is is more of the verbal uh, violence. Um, You know, people are frustrated that they've got to follow a particular protocol to enter a store, they got to wear a mask, they might have to do hand washing. Um, Even with the vaccination process, now you actually had to show your vaccination to attend a restaurant. So so generally, the, what we're seeing in workplaces today is much more verbal uh, as opposed to physical uh, violence uh, against individual workers. So, so from that perspective, uh, that's been uh, very different for all of us uh, and can be very challenging as well for, for a lot of folks. I'm, I'm particularly... Um, you know, I'm amazed with, you know, the amount of violence that gets exerted towards a young worker, for example. Uh, you know, a lot of these individuals are, this is their first uh, time of employment and the first day on the job they have to deal with uh, you know a lot of verbal harassment or or, or assault uh, and that's uh, that's very problematic and, and very disturbing for for all of us that work in this space and affects your I guess work 
for years to come. I mean, if that's your first experience on a job, you're going to it's it's going to affect your attitudes towards working and working in certain professions, I would imagine. It is. And, uh, you know, for for a young worker uh, group uh, that uh, may or may not have all of the knowledge, education and experience that that goes with a deeper understanding of occupational safety and workplaces and understanding what my role and what my rights are. You know, in many cases, you know, these are individuals that are coming in their very first job. And now all of a sudden uh, on the first shift, they have to deal with uh, with a lot of violence or, or a lot of verbal, um, you know, harassment of some nature. So it is concerning. Um, it's something that, you know, we flag for a lot of our service industries, especially to deal with during orientation, that there should be, uh, you know, standard operating processes and procedures that protect all workers, not only young workers, when it comes to harassment and violence. And we are seeing now more and more service environments now using, you know, security services to try to mitigate, you know, some of those some of those issues. Uh, I'm not saying that that's the that that should be the gold standard, but it, but I do understand, you know, some of the challenges uh, that are coming from employers and workers when it comes to trying to mitigate and control workplace violence. And it's so unpredictable. Uh, and that's the uh, most difficult part of this situation is is trying to assess and predict or the probability that there we're going to have an incident, um, you know, and in some cases there may not be any warning signs whatsoever. No, and nobody really expects unreasonable behavior. Everybody sort of expects people mm-hmm. to be reasonable. And when the, something like that happens, it, it often throws you off. You're not sure how to approach it. No, and and it can uh, and it can stay with you for a very very long time, and um, you know especially if you're a new worker or a young worker that's uh, you know this is your first uh, time of employment, and all of a sudden you have those uh, interactions uh, that can be very frustrating, and it also can be long lasting. Some of those exposures come back uh, in different ways, and of course one of the things that we try to do at Workplace Now is make sure that all workers have a level of education when it comes to psychological health and safety hazards uh, and we encourage everybody to come out to our education sessions and webinars and 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 to uh, reach out to us to have these conversations because it can impact people in so many different ways my guest today on on target is the Director of Prevention Services with Workplace NL, Charles Cody. Today is the National Day of Mourning for Lives Lost Due to Workplace Incidents and Occupational Disease. We'll be back right after this. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. Today is the National Day of Mourning for Lives Lost Due to Workplace Incidents and Occupational Disease. And my guest today on On Target is Director of Prevention Services with Workplace NL, Charles Cody. And Charles, earlier you mentioned that uh, especially young workers new to the job may not be aware of all of their rights. And some workers may not realize that they do have the right to refuse work they consider to be dangerous or hazardous. Uh, Do you find that uh, not all workers are aware? Yeah, absolutely. Although uh, over my career, I, I've seen dramatic changes uh, when it comes to the level of knowledge, uh, when it comes to occupational safety and youth. 
and I and I and I look back, uh, you know, in 1997, uh, the Employers Council, actually uh, the Newfoundland and Labrador Employers Council at the time, uh, started a pilot program in the high school system for occupational safety. So there was an elective uh, course that was part of the high school curriculum. And uh, shortly after that, um, uh, Workplace Now got involved uh, with the Department of Education at the time to actually bring that into uh, uh, to the provincial curriculum. And in 2015, uh, now it's uh, a full full two credit course uh, in the high school curriculum. It's considered an elective course, um, and we're getting about 1,800 students a year that are actually doing that course. So that gives everyone in that that does that course, you know, really robust knowledge when it comes to safety principles and practices and workplaces, and, and uh, that's such a, a great positive experience for those students. The other thing that uh, we recently did uh, in 2018, uh, the Department of Education um, also allowed us to put a uh, occupational safety module in the career development course. So every student that graduates today uh, gets to take that occupational health and safety module. So we, we still believe, and uh, you know, a lot of our partners and stakeholders still believe that uh, this particular course or any occupational health and safety course should be uh, mandatory as a part of the OSH, uh, uh, the provincial curriculum for, for high school students. Uh, we do a lot of work in this space. Uh, we do a lot of promotion. We do uh, a lot of uh, on the ground uh, work with, uh, with teachers. Uh, we do professional development with them every fall uh, so that uh, they can teach uh, you know, the courses uh, to be highly effective for students. So, so from that perspective, we're seeing lots of great uh, momentum from our secondary school system. Um, we would like to do much more work, obviously, in our post-secondary, in our skilled trades area at Memorial, uh, and we've been having lots of great conversations with all of those agencies over the last couple of years. So, so again, it's all about making sure that uh, workers that are coming out of the school systems or coming out of some some particular degree granting or program granting institution uh, has a very, very strong understanding of their three basic rights. So for, for us, it's all about you've got to be able to know the hazards in your workplace. You've got to be able to participate in safety, and you've got to be able to you have a right to refuse unsafe work. And if the uh, task is unsafe to complete, we should not be doing it. And it's as, it's as simple as that, but again, uh, getting that message out to uh, young workers is, is critically important. And, you know, uh, kudos to a lot of our safety partners as well that do a lot of work in this space. All of our safety councils in Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, they go out and they visit workplaces and schools as well. Uh, and it's all about trying to reinforce this message w with our youth. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. What kind of programs um, are out there for employers or workers to avail of to help identify safety hazards and, and make sure that managers and staff are properly trained? Yeah, so we do a lot of work in terms of uh, hazard assessments and risk assessments in workplaces. And, and Linda, if I was to look back over, you know, my uh, my career, uh, first when I started, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the amount of workplaces that would avail of a hazard assessment or go through some formal process of identifying hazards in the workplace 
and then getting a group together to evaluate those and put controls in place. I can tell you at the start of my career, uh, you know, we were we were pushing uphill on, on getting a lot of employers to do this kind of work. Today, it's it's much better, but again, uh, the work's not over. Uh, we still visit lots of workplaces that have no experience in risk assessments or hazard assessments. So what we do is we invite uh, our employers uh, to uh, avail of all the education that, that we have, and we do have health and safety advisors on our team that can come in and, and walk you through a risk assessment for your workplace. They can work with you in evaluating the hazard and also uh, work with you on a longer time horizon to evaluate all the work that you've done to see if it's effective. And that advisory service is, is built within Workplace NL. All of our safety partners as well offer uh, similar services. So there is a lot of help and a lot of programs out there to assist uh, employers. And again, I always say safety starts with a good risk assessment. If I understand what my hazards are and I can calculate what the risk of, of that is on my workers, then uh, the rest downstream has a much more positive uh, outcome. Uh, so it all starts with a really, really good risk assessment, and we have lots of tools and resources for employers to use. So uh, I invite anybody to uh, reach out to us if they need assistance. What about uh, general worker attitudes towards safety? It used to be one time it was fairly common to hear people say, I'm not putting that on, don't be so foolish. And now people are like, where is it? Absolutely. Uh, that's a fabulous point you just made there. At the beginning of my career, I would not, uh, you know, wearing high-vis was uh, in some, uh, some uh, I guess, uh, corners of the world wasn't, uh, wasn't all that cool. Uh, now, all of a sudden, uh, there's requests for PPE, replenishing of PPE. Uh, I want to be protected. Uh, I want to understand, you know, how safety works in my workplace. I want to be involved in safety practices whether it's a workplace inspection, a hazard assessment, I want to participate in training. So all of that level of interest and engagement and collaboration has has been remarkable, to, to be very honest with you. I get so excited when I see that kind of stuff happening in workplaces today. Uh, for for uh, any kind of health and safety practitioner, uh, we want to make sure that you know people have the necessary skills and training to be able to provide perform work tasks safely and, and to protect themselves and their coworkers. Um, one of one of the acronyms that we always use in, in workplaces, especially in the safety field, is if you see a hazard, you own it and you share it. So at the end of the day, if I see a hazard, I should be able to report it. I should be able to be part of the process to try to control it. And I should be able to share my experience with my coworkers. And safety always starts with a really, really good conversation. So if you can have open communication with your supervisor and you can avail of all of the safety uh, practices and principles in your workplace uh, get involved uh, learn lots of new things lots of new skills um, you know it's better for you and your family and and hopefully we won't be dealing with some of the stats at the top of the hour where we had 18 uh, workers last year go home or not go home to their families uh, and of course it's it's forever changing for them and, and their co-workers and, and their workplaces as well. We have just over a minute left. Final thoughts? 
Oh, uh, I just want to say a big, big thank you, uh, you know, for, for having us on today. Um, you know, occupational health and safety is, is something that, uh, you know, from a day of mourning perspective, it's a, it's a call to action for a lot of us. Uh, you know, it allows us to reflect and remember on those that have been lost to a workplace tragedy, you know, and whose lives are forever changed due to a workplace injury and illness. It's also our time to renew our commitment to workplace safety. I mean, it's as simple as that. Uh, for us, it's a call to action. Workplace injuries, illnesses, fatalities, they're not acceptable, uh, and we must do more to, in order to protect uh, our, our, our workers in our workplaces. And we've got to make our workplaces safer. And at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the protection of workers. So, so many thanks for, for having us on today. And if uh, any of the listeners out there wants to reach out to us, feel free to, to contact us at workplacenl.ca. Charles Cody, Director of Prevention Services with Workplace NL. Thanks to Carla as well for helping to set this up. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. And we'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about oceans and uh, the health of our oceans uh, tomorrow afternoon. Thanks for listening.